Hey, everybody, it's John, and thanks to everybody who helps us out every week by going to patreon.com slash steal this beer and throwing a couple of bucks our way so that we can mail beers to our guests and have some fun conversations resulting from that. So uh, if you're not already, go check it out. It's patreon.com slash steal this beer. Uh, as Cass says, a little bit goes a long way, and we appreciate the support. Now, here come the sirens. Steal This Beer, a candid weekly discussion about beer, over beer, by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. All right, hey y'all, it's five o'clock, we are stealing beer, I am Augie Carton. Hey Augie Carton, happy Labor Day. It's not Labor Day. Oh, will be when this comes out. I get it. Will it? it. No. Or is that next week? That's next week. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm so eager for for (laughs) a three-day weekend, even though my life is typically a three-day weekend. I was excited for an official three-day weekend. I apologize. Hey, happy last week in August. Yes. Hey, John Hall. Um, I didn't say, hi, I'm John Hall of whatever you're up this week. Uh, all um, about beer magazine. That is a moving target for you, Mister Hall. Nope, not um, anymore. That is that's this is the last job I'm ever. You gonna think have. this one's gonna stick? This is the last job I'm ever gonna have. That I is, love it. That is the plan. Um, awesome. Well, good to see, you, buddy. Which which of the many Hall estates are you on right now? Uh, I'm at the the lake house in the Pocono Mountains. We're we're up here with the family and uh, uh, going to get some some kayaking in and. Have some apple cider donuts and just, you know, general general merriment in the in the mountains. Sounds like and, and thieves at home. That other voice, that confusing voice you're hearing, that's Justin Kennedy. Hey. Back from back from the the union mandated six months of paternity leave <laughs> that the, the the craft beer podcast producers union insists on has it been six um, weeks? Wow. we're we're, we're, I, I, we're a very I, I, progressive organization <laughs> here how you doing kennedy give us some details buddy i'm good kids good yeah baby's good <laughs> that, that's all good so what's what's your gap is how how far apart are the kids seven and a half years yeah, so that's huge, right? One, yeah. So do you have you have two fully different jobs going on at the house right now. Yeah, and we're trying to manage that right now. But <laughs> that's gotta be nuts. <laughs> every, everyone else is currently napping in my house right now. Oh, uh, oh you're so jealous of them. Yeah. So this, and, and you stay and you you gave up a potential 45 minutes of sleep just to hang out with us. I'm it had been way too long. So yeah. Uh, I, yeah, we did miss been. you, buddy. I'm glad you're back. But congratulations. We all know. Everyone who listens to the show knows for a fact that Augie Carton's absolute favorite thing is babies. Mm-hmm. So good on you, man. Love the babies time. Thank you. Anyway, I'm, why don't I'm I excited answer? really just quick though. I'm excited about future Justin Kennedy having like potentially graduates the eldest from college and then immediately just has to start the high school years. all over. <laughs> we didn't so, think about that, John. So there's <laughs> no way this is a baby podcast, but the one bit of advice I give people when they ask for it, if they're trying to think about how many kids I was like, listen, as far as I can tell, 
it's a very different thing if you've given up a diaper bag and have to reintroduce a diaper bag into your life. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to Kennedy remembering we, shit that goes in the diaper bag seven years later. I, did, I didn't remember that we needed to bring a diaper bag the first time we took the kid out. <laughs> like, why do we need that? Oh, yeah. So seven and a half years is clearly the mark where it's too far gone. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. That's awesome. Well, well welcome, welcome to the world of being a baby daddy again, Kennedy. I'm excited you. for you. you. It feels and like familiar, familiar territory. If you, if you ever need babysitting, you know you can drop them down here in Locust, <laughs> and I will. I will absolutely. Augie's anyway, house has um, a baby drop on the outside of it. That's yeah, right. That's right. It's, 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 it's just a basket. Five, just, yeah. a, just, a, just a little wicker basket. Uh, <laughs> why don't we? Why don't we now move on from Kennedy's big big news? to our accomplice du jour, Dan DeSorbo, of, uh, I guess, of many books, but of the book you're here to try to promote, push, shill, is The Book of Hops, A Craft Beer Lover's Guide to Happiness. Yes, did I get that right, Dan? You got it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Of course, man. Thanks yeah. for coming on. Um, so I guess we jump into it. Hops, hops are definitely peak it's beer popular. right now, right? So yeah. So you did you're trying so of course Kennedy and this is just because he's a terrible producer, not because he's a new father. But I didn't get the book to look at, but I have read some of the, you know, what's it called, John, when they when they send you synopsis like, stuff? Like the blurbs, the, the uh, blurbs. Yeah. But so you you you're here trying to make kind of an everyman's hot book, right? Instead of a you know, yes. data analysis, here's exactly pro humulone, here's your alpha, here's your beta, here's your the all potential right um, but so so let me just feel this through with you i'll say some some you know i'll try to probe where we're headed here but when you talk about them are you just kind of giving potential tasting notes like the you know what we would call a a lookbook from all the hop guys like this one we find these notes in or are you trying to because that's part you know, of it for me the interesting part is like these two go well together and show this. This one does this alone. This one does this alone. These two together do this mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Do you dig into that? And do you dig into process to make it happen? Or are you just kind of talking about the potential of the flower? Yeah. So it started out as kind of what you described as a lookbook. Um, so the meat of the book is 50 of the most popular varieties out there. Um, okay. So there's an image of each. There's the history of each. There's the kind of the tech specs that you just talked about, the acids, the oils, the, you know, how it's primarily used. Uh, but as I got into doing the research and as I got into um, the writing portion of it, you know, each of these hops actually has a lot more behind them other than, you know, use this at this point in the brewing process. So I get into a lot of the details as to why this hop actually is important to the world of craft brewing. Oh, fun. So, all right. So let's, before we go too far deep, only 50 is obviously a, a decent slice, but a small slice of everything. Correct. Are these the juicy IPA hops? Are these a smattering of old world, um, new it's, world? How do you it's a lot of American hops, um, but I also do plenty of uh, Australian hops, New Zealand hops, English hops, German hops. So it, it's a good mix in there. So um, how do the chapters break down? Is it by region or by no? I mean, or there's two parts result? of the book. Yeah, two parts. Okay. The first part's really kind of, I call it like a primer section. So it gets delves into 
more of hop basics. You know, what are hops? Why are they important? You know, when did they start getting used? How are they used? Um, it, then it delves into the different regions. So American hops, uh, German hops, English hops, New Zealand, Australia, it gets into all that. And then the second part is really just the hop varieties. Um, and that's alphabetical order. And then what else I do in that part, which is kind of, you know, makes it a little more interesting is interspersed within there is I call out different beer styles that kind of were either um, came about because of a particular hop or vice versa, where the style actually made the hop what it is today. Um, and then on top of that, I also get uh, some pretty amazing interviews from some great brewers who talk about, you know, why they love brewing with particular hops, what got them into hoppy beers, um, kind of their take on, you know, why hops are so important to beer. Wait, so Augie, oh. are you in this book? Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. I mean, he said great brewers, so I thought yeah, that perhaps... Yeah, thank, thanks, Sean Hall. Thanks, Sean Hall. I appreciate that you think I'm a great brewer, buddy. Um, <laughs> I'm not letting you run down that road this early in the weekend when I've got this bad of a hangover. Um, <laughs> uh, not to distract, but speaking of hops, did you guys see we made 12 packs of 12-ounce cans of Hook this week? I uh I drank two of those boxes last night. So I so was more boys, interested in your, your, uh, a little in your slow. fest beer, but your um, boy's a little slow. Can, can um, I ask something what what Dan brought up though of a beer style making a particular well hop. so actually before we do that, yeah. I wanna I wanna talk about so I imagine part of the fun of writing this book was finding these beers to taste. Yes. And as you know, a show the thieves know, but John and I kind of obsess on the potentials and the way to bend things so i mm -hmm. will pick i think the easiest hop to discuss because i think it's the most popular hop at the moment is citra yes but you know with the amount of citra in the world one which which hops you choose when you're choosing which citra you're buying right because you can mm -hmm. pick you can pick juicier or kind of pithier citra i tend yes. towards pithy rather than juicy and then what you do with your recipe sugar wise you know residual remaining sugar wise you can be the difference between treehouse other half and me you know what i mean so mm -hmm. when you're talking about those decisions and stuff when you were doing the research did you try to like let's say you're doing citra did you try to isolate only citra beers and were you like yes was it fun to be like this one's so fucking different why you know what i mean like yeah, so you know, a little because, bit of both. Citra's not always going to citra unless you make it citra. You know what I mean? Correct. So honestly, with citra, what I did was I went all the way back to um, Jason Peralt, who was one of the breeders of citra. Okay. So I toured his farm. I went, I picked his brain as much as I could just to get all the information I could on, you know, why did they even decide to make this hop? Um, and then from there is where... I started tracking it to, you know, when did it start getting popular in beer, which styles really, you know, made it what it is. And then to your point, you know, where is it now? Because Citra, it's been around for a while now. Um, like a long while. It had, right. a, it had a pretty long burn to, uh, before it became popular. Yeah. And what's even crazier, just to back up a little bit, is, you know, when I was talking to, to Jason, what blows my mind is it takes those guys from when they first, you know, breed two different varieties together 
until the hop gets released for commercial brewing, that process is on average like 10 years. Yep. So it took them hey. 10, 10 years just to release the hop. So it's, it's amazing to think about that part. So do, do you have any of the 50, how many of them or any of them, are they numbered and unbranded yet hops? And by the way, I did want to mention at some point, I feel like DeSorbo is a good name for a hop. So you, <laughs> you like might that. want to put that out into the I world. Should. I, I should. I feel like when I read your name, I was like, wait, is he the hop or is he the author? That's great. I could, def I that. I could definitely see a DeSorbo hop coming down the channels. Yeah, I do have one HBC in there. Um, okay. So, yeah, to your point, they, before they come out with a commercial name, they do kind of HBC with a number or, you know, each each breeding program has their own way of doing it. But um, I have the HBC 682, which is actually, uh, yeah. That should have a name by the end of next year, right? That yeah, well, I mean, it everywhere. Did, it did have a name and they got into issues with the name. So they just kept it as HBC 682. So, oh, so you, do, do you know that? Are they not going to give 682 a name? Because, I mean, I, like I said, I think I've used it yeah. years ago. Like, it's yeah, I think a lot. It's, it's actually probably one of the most grown, uh, like super alpha bittering hops. Mm hmm. And so for them, it's a big deal. I mean, it's, it's... For, 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 for those in the back who are uninitiated, can, can you give us some of the talking points on 682 and why people are digging it so much? So 682, I mean, like I said, it's a super alpha. So, I mean, typically in, in the United States, at least most of the hops grown are aroma hops. So like you just said, Citra, um, mm -hmm. but this one is grown exclusively for bittering which that's primarily, you know, German varieties. So to have a bittering hop in the United States, it's, it's kind of a big deal. And this one is, you know, agronomically, you know, checks off all the boxes. So that's why, you know, they, it's almost like a commodity hop rather than a, I guess like a vanity hop. <laughs> like what, what, what have you I've used never heard of them in terms of vanity hops? Uh, we've, we've basically, so you know that most of my recipe creation, I use nugget as my first hop for bittering mm -hmm. because I like where it gets, but, uh, as you know, I also feel like you can't make every beer a variation on boat, even though if I'm left alone, I would. So when I'm looking to swap that out, 682 goes into the nugget spot mm -hmm. quite a bit, um, as does Apollo sometimes, but you know what I mean? When I'm, when I'm just building a recipe, because I, I'm not one of those brewers who can really walk away from that 60 minute hop edition, even though I know we're supposed to do that these days. But so finding something that can carefully put some bitterness into the beer mm -hmm. is, is what I'm kind of always looking for. And I think 682 does that yeah. pretty so six, well. I still I, like nugget best, but but I like 682 as well. I think anyway, 682 provides, it, it's known to provide like a neutral flavor yeah. with the smooth bitterness. So that way you could build on it. All right. What brings us together on Steal This Beer is a candid conversation of beer. What it's doing, not, so, not what we thought it would do. Whether we, uh, how it tastes, not how hard it was to get. Pretty easy to get these days with Kennedy mailing them around the world. Dan, you did get these beers, right? Yeah, I have them. Nice. Mm. So to, and just have a candid conversation about what it is. So to do that, to facilitate that, we drink blind out of black glasses. When we do from home like this, Kennedy seals them up. This is a bottle, guys. So I have the classic Kennedy painter's tape over the cap, meaning it's a bottle from a producer big enough to brand their cap. 
Yeah. Um, or he's pulling a quick head fake on us. Yeah. Um, I thought our painter's tape days were behind us, but clearly he's been in the nursery. He's been uh, he's getting been, that he's nice been, shade of baby blue up on the wall. Oh, you think he went blue? Justin strikes me as like a daisy yellow, nondescript, non-gender specific paint we're, guy. We're green with this baby, by the way. Green nailed it. Green, green nailed it. No, I would never go green. gender specific. Yep. He's not going to gender his nursery. Um. Uh, so I'm just going to say I'm kind of you, you're frustrating me here, Kenny. Like I said, I've got a it's Sunday. I'm on a 48 hour hangover with all kinds of of food and wine on Friday. And then, like I said, 24 beers yesterday. And I was going to take it real light on this. I poured this tasty little Vienna lager. What do you think it is? Huh? Um, yeah. Into a glass and have. I think I'm halfway through the bottle already. Yeah. Like I'm already a little rosy cheeked. It's just, it's really hitting me right this morning at noon on Sunday as a hangover. It's like a hair of the dog beer. And, you know, honestly, I wrote my sentence first before I even started thinking about the beer because this would be a really good Sunday football at the local pub. Oh. This is the decision beer. Like while I was thinking about like where I was going to go for my next move. And then when it came time to finish this one, I'd be like, you know what? I just like this and I'm just going to keep going with this. Like, I can that's- see that. So, so what I like best about it is there's some, some caramely sweetness, which is why I said Vienna, but just enough that you kind of, it's not there but it's there, but it's not, you know what I mean? Like you could drink these all day and be like, Oh, you said caramely sweetness. Yeah, that little yeah. bit of that little bit of brown flavor, which is why I said Vienna when I was trying to figure out what it was. Yeah, um, it's got. I wanted to keep saying nuttiness, but that's not true. It's there's, but there is some sort of like, I don't know. There's like a rustic something. There's some sort of, I don't know. It, yeah, that's I making would me go, think I of would, the outdoors. The only thing you said, the only thing I would fight with in that bit is mm-hmm. rustic because it really feels. No, rustic. It I really I feels use that more it, for saisons and stuff. But like, but it really feels professional to me. Like, right? Like, like I would guess the European, and that you know what I mean. Like, okay, maybe, I I would guess it was decocted. Like, I feel like some of that that sweetness I'm finding from the malts is also a step up in boil. Um, when, I mean, a step I'm, up in mash temp. But when I'm saying I rustic, just, though, I don't necessarily mean like saison or rough around the edges or something like that. There's okay. something that's like like woody, like it's making me think of a forest or something. Like there's some sort of, well, I, like I don't that. know. Yeah, like that. that's, that's hey Dan, yeah. what yeah. are you getting off this this tasty bevy now that you've been drinking on it? Yeah, I'm definitely getting like a fest beer vibe to it. Wow, nice. Yeah, that would make Very, sense. You know, the malt showcasing the malt. I, I mean, being a hop guy. I would say probably German hops in here. Okay. It doesn't feel. Uh, I, I'm not getting. Like, it doesn't I, feel martini to me, though. It feel like I said. It feels tamer than that. And the the, yeah, even like you know, but I get the, the hops that are on this. Thing. It's a little bit of a. It's like slightly herbal, slightly earthy, but the, the hops are for for this beer are really sort of an afterthought, right? Um, yeah, for mm-hmm. for me, I, I you know. 
Like I know, I know you're trying to sell the book and everything. You know, <laughs> well, no, I'm getting. I mean, for me, I think yeah. it's if there was if there was no. Meanwhile, my cookbook's available right now. Oh, with and the best big book of ever. scratch and sniff beer is available. Where the most important scratch and sniff uh-huh. beer book ever made. Um, one and only. The most important scratch and sniff beer. Book. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think you're right. I think if if I was writing this recipe, I think I would put a little more tetanger at the top. Um, mm-hmm. Just to just to German identify it in my palate, um, but like I said, I really it like need drinking that? it. I, I I would bitter this up a little. It's it's like I said, the notes I, I'm getting that are outside the barrier are sweeter notes. So yeah, that's but, me though. I like yeah. it. Like I said, I'm I'm I've, I drank it too bitter, fast. If this was more bitter, I don't know if this would then be my second beer at the pub. I like it where uh, it's landing with just that. John and the Hayes boys have won. Uh, well, you know, just wear your cap to the side and accept it, man. I, I don't know what to tell you. Just, yeah, it's Citra's world, and we're just living in it. Mm. All right, so yeah, I'm drinking this. I, I'm with John. I'm drinking this. So I'd like it to be day drinking mm-hmm. with, oh yeah, you know, like Timber Sports or something on the Ocho. Um, <laughs> Competitive Cornhole. Yeah. yeah. So have uh, I Dan told Ward- you guys? Have I told you guys about competitive British chase tag? Yes. Yeah, this we've talked about this. Thing. Yeah, this is a this is a British chase tag beer. That's what this is. <laughs> Dan, you so uh, write your <laughs> sentence. Where uh, where is this beer appropriate for for you to be drinking in? Um, well, I'm gonna go back to probably like a beer garden somewhere, sticking yeah. with my my fest beer. Okay. Fully committed to fest. I'm committed to I it. Think- I like I like a man who sticks to his guns. Timely, that time of year. <laughs> sure. All right, Kennedy, my man. What the fuck are we sipping on? Dan's right. This is the fest beer from Firestone Walker. This is uh, Oktoberfest. Uh, it's oak inspired homage to the great German tradition of Oktoberfest. Oak inspired. We go inspired. Inspired. We go there. Brindelson's just messing wait, around wait. with words. Hold now. on, hold on. Everybody, stop talking over Kennedy. Kennedy, are you saying this beer was in oak? Yes, or French oak. Was, okay. Or oak inspired. It's it's a it's matured in French oak barrels to create oh. an amazingly smooth mouthfeel. The result is a classic German fest beer with a hint of West Coast hoppiness. They say, Ooh. grab your Stein, don your Lederhosen, and enjoy. It is five point two percent alcohol. The hops are Tradition and Spalter Select. Mm. Uh, are either of those hops in your book, Dan? Uh, well, I believe Spalter is basically Saz, just grown in a different country. Um, that would make so, sense. So, so yeah, Saz is definitely yeah. showcased. Yeah. That would make sense for Firestone, right? So, so basically what they did was take wine barrels out of their winery, put their Oktoberfest in it in March, and put it out. And John, you said it was foresty, right? You said woody, so you were yeah. getting wood on it. Without, yeah, but like, but not without I, consciously but, doing it. But I was never like barrels didn't enter mm. my consciousness. No, like, I got no real vanilla a, on it. So yeah, but if it's French oak and it's just clean French oak, you're you're not going to get a ton of that. That's what you're going to get. I don't know if you guys noticed, but on the bottom of the cap, it says it gives a hint to the brewery. It's not the name of the brewery, but there is I a slogan. Did, I didn't I, even look at the cap. You know, I what's funny is I, uh, well, the tape folded into it. Like, oh, okay. try, to, try to pull it off with the bottle opener without giving anything away. The tape just pushed right underneath. So what's it say? Hold on. This is beer before glory, which is a 
Firestone slogan. And oh, yeah. I was thinking maybe you guys were going to see that. I had no idea it was under there. So, But how could you? But, yeah. Of course. And I can't obscure that. So, no. That would, that would, imagine if we recapped the Firestone model. <laughs> Fucking Kennedy going above and beyond. God, this beer kind of smells like Sharpie and has severe right? oxidation issues. How, how did anybody get a <laughs> bottle of beer this oxidized? <laughs> why would, why would Firestone Walker bottle a flat beer with a nondescript cap on it? <laughs> All right. So let's, um, Let's get back to let's get back to to Dan and his book. Um, so of the so let's talk about how you whittled down to the fifty you chose, and after you were down to the fifty doing all the tasting, was there one? Was there one that you were like, "This is this is my hop. This is the one that makes me happy." Yeah, I mean that's a tough tough question. There, um, I mean to pick a hop based on. You know, in the Oof. field, in the field is kind of like one thing. And then how it translates into the beer, as you probably know, is a little bit different. But I'd say like of the newer hops, like Strata is pretty amazing. Um, basically from the field to the beer, it keeps its profile, I guess, um, which is, it's hard to achieve. That makes sense. Yeah. it's. I don't know. There's nothing I like better than rubbing hops and right seeing where they're going to end up in my head and if that happens. But I, I don't think I'm as often shocked as, as you would think. Um, but yeah, so Ooh, how, much, how, much, how much I'm drinking beer too and it's not driving with me. Um, <laughs> but I don't want to be mean to it yet because I've got to ship Augie's going to have to pause in a minute to, yeah. No, it's just, this is, it tastes like I think we've talked about this on the show, but you know the difference between glass bottle Tropicana and cardboard Tropicana is from concentrate. Mm. Do you know that? Um, but every time I end up in like a cheap hotel somewhere because you're making me do a show out of state, this is the orange juice they give me in the morning and it's always regrettable. By the way, um, thank you, Patreon, for supporting us when we're on the road. And yeah. please know that we're being economical yeah. With your hard-earned dollars that you're entrusting with us. Yeah. That's don't, don't act like the Patriots have ever paid for me to sleep anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Come on. The, the, the sentence you just said suggested the Patriots have gotten me a hotel. Um, they have gotten John, but not all Yeah, And when they get John a hotel, I meet him there to record, and that's when I have this orange juice. <laughs> um, <laughs> fucking snob. <laughs> But uh, let's get back to my question. So I, what was I going to, so I guess, so here's the thing, going back to our field discussion and then beer mm -hmm. discussion, as people push down these breeder programs, mm -hmm. and I think for a while, the, the thing was people were chasing Citra. So a lot of people were breeding to be like Citra and it's getting better now people are going back out or at least stuff i'm seeing from breeder programs these days are more like you know here's a lager hop here's a bittering hop mm -hmm. here's a but for a while it was like things became kind of nondescript and even more so when you put them together they just muddied kind of a nebulous tropical thing do you know what i mean so yep. so did you did you try to keep uh, you know, like, because I'm sure you could do a dozen hops. If I went into my head right now, I'm sure I could list a dozen 
that you know are are in the same lane did you try to yes. minimize and pick a favorite of those dozen i did i try to i try to minimize like you said all the citrusy hops right so yeah. i mean you have citra um, cascade right cascade is obviously in here i mean that's kind of the the original hop that kind of started everything um mm. for at least for american hops yeah um but to your point about mixing you know putting hops together. I mean, I think that's the, that's the secret and that's where the brewers come in. So, you know, your, your magic is figuring out which hops should you marry together at which proportions. And that's, mm -hmm. that's really the, what makes some of these hops more special, like, like an El Dorado would be a good hop where, you know, that's actually meant to, you don't want a single hop El Dorado beer. That's a hop where you, you want to join that with, you could yeah. join that with a variety of different hops in it and it's still gonna work well with others yeah it definitely definitely will stretch it's funny somebody i think somebody tried to make a city of gold el dorado single hop beer and i remember it being kind of paint thinnery mm -hmm. um speaking of paint thinnery john hall oh man yeah i haven't gotten past i haven't gotten past that first shock i was hoping i would get the yeah get the Oktoberfest out of my face, dry out a bit and find something here. But it's like, there's a little bit of hot burn. There's a little bit of just sort of, I, I, there's, there's like a, uh, I, I don't want to say harshness because that's not totally fair, but there there's, it's television static. There, yeah. There, it's, it, but it's like, they tried to make it juicy without, loving juice <laughs> you know what i mean it's it's like i've had orange juice once i can do this you know what i mean it's not it's not well, let's just write a hop bill since dan's our guest but let's say this is citrus centennial mm -hmm. um maybe some idaho seven or el dorado you know, somebody was going for these things are orange juice flavored we're going to make an orange juice ipa without I feel like they never really had those ones along the way that nailed it and inspired some of us to be like, let's see how orange juicy we can make it without mm -hmm. orange juice before, yeah. before the Bolero and Magnify guys just put Tang in their beer. Um, you know what I mean? So, so I feel like, I feel like some good brewer was told you got to make something taste like orange juice. And this satisfied that box for him and he didn't want to make this beer as well as he could. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Is that mm -hmm. is that is that is that dark? It's a little dark, but it's a little dark. Yeah, there's <laughs> sorry, man. I there's a little bit. There's a little place, bit of but... like candy sweetness on the end, like a little bit of like vanilla sweetness, um, like artificial flavor, kind of. That's what I mean. It tastes like orange juice from concentrate. Yeah. I don't know. We Dan, what about you? Are you what 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 do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm having a hard time. I didn't. I'm not keeping up with you guys. I just popped it open, so I'm going okay. on to my my second sip here. Take a minute. Not everybody drinks as fast as John and I. <laughs> That's probably a good thing. Yeah, I'm getting definitely. I, I see what you're saying. It's like they already had a bunch of IPAs. Somebody was like, we need to make another IPA. Yeah. Which hops can we put together? Yeah. 
to, ta- to take it to an even more American cynical brew, dark place but to, to no but it, it it well you're right that it is a lot of american brew. i'm not going to defend that it is but i feel like you know when you talk you know pr- take us back in time four years ago to this show when juice and haze was at its zenith mm-hmm. and i was always trying to explain the difference between the guys who are writing recipes to get the beer as juicy and hazy as they thought they could. And the guys who were writing recipes because they knew if it looked this way on Instagram, it would sell. And at that time you had a lot of people saying, Oh, it's too easy to make those beers. And I was saying, no, it fucking isn't because the great ones stand out so much from the not great ones. This feels like one of those guys who said, Oh, it's fucking easy to do that just learned it wasn't easy to do that you know what i mean does that feel sure way too dark sorry buddy no you're this is not my favorite beer no it's um yeah this is i i don't even know what my sentence is for this particular beer it needs a little prosecco and then we could call it a mimosa Well, your head is your head is firmly just on brunch, but also maintaining. Well, you you also you're not hearing the digs I'm throwing. I didn't say champagne; I said prosecco okay. because that's what you would put in concentrate <laughs> orange juice. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> I mean, you are you you just you totally, you this you just this, this, this yourself is not joking when you talk about me hating you hating me talking about wine because yeah. that this needs a little prosecco joke in the wine world kills it. <laughs> Well done. Um, aren't you clever? Um, <laughs> you guys want to know what it is? Uh, yeah. I can write sentences? Did we write our sentences? I would distill this and use it as the flavor for an orange seltzer. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Did right. you open it? Yeah. Wow. What is it? What Justin? is it? Yeah. Justin, what is it? It's from Sierra Nevada. This is liquid hoppiness. Uh, uh, wait, what is it? It's called liquid hoppiness. This is the beer they released this year instead of their Oktoberfest. Oh, oh Justin, you artist. I'm an you artist. Firestone's yeah. Oktoberfest. Which is not an Oktoberfest. not Oktoberfest. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's liquid hoppiness. It's a juicy IPA, they call Hold it. Hold on, let me open it. It's 7% alcohol. It kind of looks like a oh. juice can, I would say. Yeah, or an orange juice concentrate can. The the hops are Azaka, Cascade, Centennial, and Sultana. Mm, Sultana. Dan, anything you want to say about those hops? Yeah, you got any feelings on those? Uh, Did any one of those? Were you like, ah? I mean, Cascade and Centennial make sense for Sierra. Sierra Nevada, yeah. Um, Sultana, I'm not too familiar with that one. I don't know that one either. Keep that? talking. I'll, I'll I'll go to my hop research. Well, I mean, it tells us about Sultana. Ken Ken Grossman is actually one of the brewers I interview for the book. Which wow, is, that's yeah, an honor. It was an honor. I mean, that guy has got so much knowledge. It's he just I could talk to him for weeks, and he'll always come up with something new to say. But um, the Sultana's from Hopsteiner. Interesting. Yeah, okay. so keep talking. Keep talking. What what's what I found fascinating about um sierra nevada is their 
one of the only I mean, larger large breweries that still use not for all their beers, but they still use whole cone hops in their brewing. Yep. Yeah, that's been their thing since yeah, almost the beginning. Yeah, it, it, it amazes. Once, it's, it's once hard you to bought get that, that amount of equipment, yeah, <laughs> you don't you don't stop doing that. <laughs> true. Um, true. So hold on, I'm on. I'm on Hopsteiner's site. They claim it's aromatic distinctions are pineapple, pine, and citrus. Pineapple, yeah. That pineapple right. might make sense for why I was confused by the oranginess. It's 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 actually a cross of Nugget, Zeus, and some one I don't know, USDA 1905. Wow. Um, yeah, that might be what confused it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny, though. Justin, I'm going to need you to judge this, but we usually, first well, of all, we we're yeah. never we're never in the middle of the road on a Sierra beer. No, Usually, when I Sierra know. show up, we're super fucking excited about it. Yep. And even their weird hop fuck arounds, like Powder Days or whatever that was, mm-hmm. we've always been in love with. Yep. Yeah. This was this was this, this is, was yeah. the first time I w- didn't even think it might be a Sierra beer. I was, it was a Sierra beer. I was, was shocked huge, by your response. Yeah, I did not like it at all. Yeah. Hey, this is this is why we drink blind. Yep. Yep. I think that pineapple was a little. I, I think you brought it up. You said you were you were having like a strange candy aftertaste. Yeah, that's that's where I was just thinking in the back of my mind that that pineapple note yeah. has that little bit of like, you know, vanilla pina colada kind of. That's yep. probably where my mind was going with it, but it's it still lands kind of weird on the back end. And, and honestly, right. the brewery is doing a huge push on this beer right now. Like this is their, as Justin oh, said, in, instead of their, uh, uh, Oktoberfest, but I mean, they're, they're doing an advertising campaign on it. It's in all the stores. Like it's, and this is the first time that I'm having this beer. So, um, but it's, it's out there and they're, they're trying to make a big push on it, but. I, I, I will tell you in the face off of, fest season beers between california's two juggernauts i'm falling with the lion and the bear on this one what's interesting is sierra nevada for a good couple of years had that Oktoberfest collaboration series where yeah where they go to germany Germany and and those were some of just the best beers that were coming Mm -hmm. out for for years um but they i i don't know why they stopped doing it but i Wish if only I knew back. a reporter with a powerful name behind it who could get in the room and have this discussion. Justin Kennedy. <laughs> he's your guy. He's on paternity leave. But when he gets back, I'm sure he'll call. Justin, are you already picking which scratch and sniffs he'll put in the book for Juicy? Absolutely. <laughs> Pineapple. Speaking of which, I mean, we, Dan, we've been, we've been babbling and having fun. We're almost yeah. out of time, but I don't want to do that to you. So is there is there a plan to do one of these again and again right having only picked 50 gives you oh man I like love this to, week yeah. you have the potential to do five more books right but as we were talking right, about the more hops, hops keep coming before, out right there's, yeah. there's like 16 numbered hops sitting in little baggies on my desk oh, right there's now so many as we hit yeah, yeah when so, i was when i was visiting all these farms they all they all have uh an area where they're just you know the whole plot is just one-off hops so i mean these guys for every hop they release they probably have 50 in the work so it's like yeah. these hops are did always... you feel did you feel a did any not all of them but if there is an answer for all of them in one voice great but were there anywhere like 
what they were talking about in the development fields you saw as an an interesting outlier to just you know just taking the next step in what we're all the path we're already on was there anybody who's like we think we can get well blah, blah, i blah. think i think two things one of them is kind of this sultana right they're trying to get this tropical pineapple and i think that's coming from the hops out of new zealand and australia they nail the tropical right yeah, for you for u.s hop to nail that it's good it's hard so maybe that's kind of what they're trying to do here with the sultana is figure out how to get the tropical out of a u.s grown hop so there's yeah. that component to a lot of these guys are trying to get tropical with their flavor profiles which i don't know if it's going to work for a u.s hop but i guess we'll see um and the other thing is which i think is a positive is all these guys now are breeding using um like a land race hop called neo mexicanus yeah yep 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 so you'll see they're either taking a hop that's very popular and kind of back crossing it to neo mexicanus and they're doing that for a couple of reasons and one of which is because they want it to be able to grow in a with high yields less water less you know they're they're basically getting ready for droughts and climate change yeah so so the science part of it's really interesting and and this neo-mexicanus is it's pretty cool i mean it looks different than all the other ones um when you see it on the vines it it's it stands out and for them to be able to sort of like marry the flavors of let's just say a citra into this wild looking thing it's pretty cool yeah that's and and there's a lot there's a lot to that and like i said 10 years of development to get something to yeah to grow it's funny. I, I think the most famous Neo Mexicanus, or not the most famous, but the one I know to be Neo Mexicanus is El Dorado, right? And for I think that imprints on my head that anytime you cross with those, you're going to end up with that berry note. Um, yes. So that's that's interesting. It's funny though. What you were talking about made total sense to me. That it makes sense that people would be looking for those higher theol, more, mm-hmm. um, more uh, tropical fruit aromatics around here um but like i said we're in the context of this beer we're talking about sultana in their notes are pineapple pine and citrus and to see even pine as a talking point these days because everybody's trying to get away from that um is weird but then of course it ends up at a sierra beer right because they are the guys who founded citrus and pine so i think if you look at all four hops justin just told us are in this beer they're going to be x and citrus and pine, you know what yeah. I mean? So I, just, I don't know, man. This beer confuses me. I never don't like Ken's beers. I don't think this is Ken's beer. <laughs> I really don't. Check on Ken. He's in a he's in a yeah. broom closet somewhere. <laughs> maybe, tied maybe up, it uh, came yeah. out of Asheville. Yeah, but still, the, we've had Ken yeah. beers out of Asheville. I don't even think this beer uses Chico. I, like everything about the, it feels uncomfortable to me. Augie, on the site, it says, uh, it doesn't say Chico, it just says ale yeast. I don't know if that's different. That's probably Chico. Because they don't call it Chico. We okay. call it Chico because it's his. Yeah. People that really call it, call it, I think they call it O one or California Ale or, yeah. you know, it depends it's funny, who's Ken, making it. He did, Ken Grossman, during an interview, he didn't call it Chico. So he keeps talking about this yeast. I'm like, like Chico? And he's finally like, yeah, they call it Chico. Yeah. We yeah, call they, it Chico call because it, yeah. yeah, we I call, call it Chico it because it's Ken's right. yeast. Yeah. But to <laughs> yeah. be fair, this is one of my favorite things. This will be the gift I give you for your next book. But the the 
the common accepted folklore is that Chico was actually cultivated out of a bottle of Ballantine IPA from Newark, New Jersey oh. in the 60s. So I and what's funny is the one of the buildings my brewery is in was a vegan span distribution point um, in the 50s. And Ballantine bought vegan span. And I like to pretend that at some point it's possible those LEs were sitting in bottles all over our floor in the 50s. Then Ken Stolen brought them to California. And when we opened and I started making my O-Dub, which is a Chico used to beer, we were just bringing it back home, which was its birthright. So that's we wow, like to that is a romantic that, that is a romantic fact. Fruit. Holy yeah. shit. Isn't that great? That is yikes. <laughs> I, um, have you never I actually made that speech on the side of the inside our DNA which I have uh, in, in, in my in my cellar still. Do you still I'm have waiting. one unopened? Uh, I have a couple unopened. I drank a couple a couple weeks ago. It's fucking delightful, dude. Has it turned um, into a uh, to a barley wine? To yet? a six percent barley wine, absolutely. Well, I told you the joke there. The joke you and I were making that got some reactions out of the barley wine is life communities. It's a hundred percent Maris Otter malt because that's what it would have been. Yeah. And Chico and Oak aged for six months. So yeah. except it, for its hoppy, American barley wine. Yeah. yeah. Except it's six percent. Yeah. Right. That's oh. what pissed everybody off. Session but, barley wine. Session barley wine brought to you by anyway. Um, oh, we could have gone down that path. The whole the whole hop distillate process. We might uh, need to have you back on, my man. This is a, this oh, is a fun conversation. Fun. Keep writing yeah. those books. Keep writing those books. I'll, um, definitely, I'll include you in the next one for sure. Well, no oh, need. Nobody needs you don't that. Have to do that. <laughs> no, let's not let's not be rash. <laughs> no, we'll, 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 we'll delve into the Valentine yeast controversy. That's right. That's right. Uh, it's and and the hops we had to so we had to find a guy to distill bullion hops for us to try to recreate the hop taste of Valentine. Oh wow! Um, which begat we we now do a whole process. We do a whole beer. It's funny, kind of. It's almost as if we've been having the discussion about it without talking about it. We now do a beer every couple months where I just pick two hops that I think do the same thing mm-hmm. and put them 50-50 into an IPA called Wedge Issue. But we have that same guy vacuum distill those hops for us for that beer to throw them as a late edition where powders don't exist. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a f- annoying game that can be really fun and can be really weird too. Um, all right. Anyway, boring. Off of carton beer. Back to everybody. So the name of the book, I nailed it because I didn't get a good note. I'm going to read it again. The Book of Hops, A Craft Beer Lover's Guide to Hoppiness um, by Dan DeSorbo. Really, Dan, push for DeSorbo hops. Give it, Make make uh, 638 or whatever, DeSorbo. <laughs> um, and then, uh, John, what do we got to talk about before we have Cass do the speech about giving us them sweet, sweet, sweet ducats? Uh, I wanted to point out that if anybody wanted to learn a little bit more about the Citra naming convention and how Citra came to be. The second episode of the All About Beer podcast, hosted by M. Souter and Don Tess, is available where podcasts are found. And Stan Hieronymus, who also knows a thing or two about hops. Oh, uh, uh, we've had Stan history. on the show. Yeah, yeah, we have. He, But he's on, the sec- he's on the All About Beer podcast with M. and Don, talking about Citra and how hops are named and breeding and growing and all of that. So anybody who's looking for a deeper dive into Citra and all that, uh, go download that show, which which I'm not on. So uh, bonus for everybody. But it is your company. Uh, it is my company, yes. So, but it's M and so, Dom. And, uh, who doesn't and we like M and Dom, Dom so much better than you. 
A hundred percent. Yeah, no, I think we all agree on e- that. Every morning, that's my affirmation. <laughs> it goes M, then Don, then me. Seize the day, Hall. <laughs> Strive to be better. Yeah. All right, Cass. Yo. Get raspy, motherfucker. Oh, I am the raspiest as I work through this allergy attack today. We did not have a letter today, so do write us at stealthisbeerpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on all social medias at stealthisbeer. Patreons, thank you guys so much for donating all those ducats. They do go a long way to get our guests some beers and beyond. Um, If you would like to donate to us, that's patreon.com slash stealthisbeer. Dan, did you tell? Where can where can they find Dan? Where can they find Dan? Dan, what's your what's your on our tasty gram handles? Oh, uh, Instagram at bombed, b o m b e d. Nice. That's that's nice. a that's a, that's a fucking that's a great fucking that? handle. Yeah. Augie's <laughs> jealous. His that jealousy. Should be my knows, handle. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn it! I'll give you eight dollars for it. Um, <laughs> that's a great. How long have you been on Instagram that you got bombed? Oh man, for a while, for a long yeah, time. Yeah, clearly. Well done, sir. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> all right, follow y'all. Him. All right, follow well, him, y'all. Follow him. I'm a, all right, I'm gonna do it. All right, y'all, get at us.